2 Corinthians chapter 8, mark that for just a moment and let's go back into the book of Matthew chapter 17. As you're turning to those two places, I want you to ask yourself, what does it mean to be in debt? Now debt is, we're talking about the idea or the concept of you're in a place that you cannot get out of by yourself. Have you ever been in any kind of a situation or a scenario or any kind of a place in your life where you needed help. The truth is, every one of us, when we were born, we could not feed ourselves. We were born into this world in need of help. Every one of us. And Adam and Eve were created by God. That's a whole different situation. But the rest of us were born of man that we see that God has created us and made us to where we have needs in our life. But when we talk about a debt, we're talking about being in a place that we cannot get out of. We're going to read some scripture in the book of Matthew in just a moment. That's going to talk about the spiritual debt that we have as human beings and that Christ gets us out or can get us out. And not only can he get us out of a spiritual debt that we're in, he does it in a miraculous and an amazing way. So our scripture reading this morning is going to come in the book of Matthew chapter 17. And let's skip down to the 27th verse. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 27. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast a hook. And take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou opened his mouth, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. Take that and give unto them for me and thee. We can go back a few verses if you want to, and I'm not going to read in its fullness. But Jesus talked about, for a second time, about his betrayal that was about to happen. So in the 22nd verse, notice what happened. He talks about, he said, Jesus himself said, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men. So here it is, Jesus is talking about his betrayal, that his soon death was impending, that was about to happen. And the people were distraught because they were afraid that their relationship with Christ was about to be severed and broken. You see, today there is a difference. And it is going to be broken as far as a physical presence of Christ. But what we're going to see is that when Jesus was crucified, that, that he overcomes the barrier of a physical death because he promises us that union that we can have with him in a spiritual rest that we can have. We're talking about a spiritual debt this morning. So here it is. We're going to see about a king. Now I always find it ironic or I find it very interesting that a king has a debt. I want you to pause for just a minute. What is the most glamorous thing that you can imagine about heaven? I remember as a kid thinking an awful lot about all the, 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 the star-stricken things that are going on in heaven. I always had this image or this idea about uh, of the, the beauty and the splendor and all the miraculous things that are going on in heaven. 
Now, I do want to remind you this morning, as your mind's already pondering about heaven, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the beauties that await thee. You're not going to argue with me this morning when I tell you that heaven is a beautiful place, are you? Heaven is a wonderful place. It's a beautiful place. But what we're talking about is, we're talking about people that are poverty stricken. We're talking about people that are spiritually in debt this morning. So Jesus today, when he left heaven, you've heard me reference this. It's not that Jesus upgraded his life and came down to something better. Matter of fact, we see that he was a king that actually came to a place where a debt had to be paid. He was a place that was debt free. He was a place where nothing had to happen, nothing had to transpire. He was in a perfect place called heaven. But as we often reference, he takes aside his, his authority. He takes aside all the inheritance that he has. He leaves it in heaven and he comes down to this earth. And I believe that Jesus came down to this earth for a reason. A lot of times people may speculate and wonder about all the miracles that Jesus performed while he was here. But the truth of the matter is, and I want this to be very plain to you this morning. Jesus came to this earth to get us out of the sin debt we are in. That was the purpose of Jesus. He performed all these miracles. He done lots of things. But the greatest purpose and the greatest reason by which Jesus came was to get us out of the spiritual debt we were in. And we see here that the one that, that, that should not have to pay a temple tax, and we'll talk about this in a minute, that there was a time that, that, that if they could go and pay, that, that would get out of having to pay the temple tax, it would be the one that it was all about. But Jesus said, I don't have to pay the debt, but I'm willing to pay the debt. And while I'm paying the debt, not just for myself, I want you to know this, I'm paying your debt also. Folks, I believe that Jesus was victorious over the grave. I believe that. That's at the very core of what we believe. Jesus won the battle over sin, death, hell, and the grave. But you know, it's not just for him to experience that victory. He came down here so that you too might experience that victory. Folks, if there are people in my life, in your life, or people that are here today, may they understand that Jesus came to this whole purpose of this earth was to give us victory over the sin debt that we're in. If you want to go back, and we're not going to read in the book of Genesis, but do you remember what God did for Adam and Eve? He gave them dominion. And he talks about he gave them dominion over the animals. And actually one of the things that God gave dominion over before they failed, let me, let me say that, before Adam and Eve sinned against God, Adam was given dominion over the fish. Now I have to kind of give you this, this, this idea that sometimes my imaginative mind says, well, could Adam just tell the fish what to do? If he had dominion, did Adam have control over animals and fish? But we see that all of this happened before because you know what happened? When Adam and Eve sinned against God, they lost anything that they had as far as their relationship with God. They were sinners. But Adam and Eve, they had dominion over fish. Could they just tell the fish to come? I often wonder, was it just all that they wanted to eat and when they wanted to eat it and all they wanted to enjoy that was just simply at their command like God would tell the animals, the squirrel to climb a tree or the animals to move into the ark. If, if God could speak to the animals, could Adam and Eve just speak to the fish to do that? I want you to know one thing I do believe in. That God has always been in control of the animals. 
Whether Adam and Eve once could have done that or not, we can always speculate and wonder, but do know this, that when Adam, when God created him and Adam and Eve, he had dominion over it. Now, he also gave it unto Adam and Eve, but he had the ultimate dominion over the animals and the fish, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea. God had dominion over these things. When Adam and Eve sinned, if anybody lost their dominion over the fish and the animals, it was Adam and Eve, folks. God did not. Let me say that a little bit different. Folks, God has always been in control. I believe God controls every leaf that is blooming on a tree. I believe God is in control of every leaf that blows off, that may, may fall to the ground. God knows every single one of them. The ultimate dominion or the ultimate control that one has over life is God. I'm amazed here in Matthew in this 17th chapter that a fish is going to play into that God is going to control the fish. And not just control the fish, but in an absolutely an amazing, miraculous way, folks. No other way other than saying, God, you provided this. Are we going to get out of the spiritual debt we're in, folks? Man could not have come up with a plan for, for Jesus Christ to leave heaven and come down to this earth and die for our sins. This was a plan created by God. God planned what we needed to get out of the sin debt that we were in. And here in our scripture, is that, our scripture reading that we're reading, we're talking about how that Jesus gave command to a fish. He's going to give it to Peter, but, to, but not only did God tell Peter... God controlled the fish, but God had to have Peter, had to have obedience to the voice that had him, that was speaking unto him. Folks, you know what I, I do believe in this morning? I believe that God speaks to us. I believe he is telling us what we need in our life to get out of the spiritual debt that we were in. If God can provide these things, is there anything that we have to do on our part? We'll talk about some of these things here in just a minute. But as we see... Man really doesn't have dominion over the fish. Have you ever known a fisherman to have a bad day at the, the, with a, a pole and a rod and reel or on the river? They wish they had dominion over the fish, don't they? They wish they could control them. But the truth is, we may try to control an environment or we may entice them, but in the end, God controls the fish. Every bird that, that, that flies over in the tree that annoys us or we love, whatever it is, these are all controlled by God. Aren't you glad that one of these days we're going to be in the very presence of one that has dominion over everything? We're truly going to understand in heaven what it was like in the Garden of Eden. About what it's like to have all these things under control. But here in this particular account, I find it interesting that Matthew, the tax collector has an account about Jesus providing the money that was needed to get out of the debt they were in. Here in this 22nd verse of Matthew chapter 17, 28th verse, And they shall kill him the third day, he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorrow. And when they were come to Capernaum, they received tribute money. Came, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth your master pay tribute? Why is he, gonna, is he exempt from this? Taking on flesh, Jesus had to die a death, just like you and I are doing, but it's to deliver us. Let's keep reading the 25th verse. And he said, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Again, 
Simon. This, this, he's talking about an individual relationship and experience he's having. And of whom do the kings of the earth take customer tribute? Of their children or of strangers? Peter saith in the hymn, of strangers, Jesus said to the hymn, then are the children free, talking about the sons. But he said, notwithstanding, Jesus gets to a place and a point that he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to provide what you stand in need of, but there's going to be something you're going to have to do on your part. Does anybody else find it interesting or does anybody else know a fish that like to eat coins? This is a half shekel that, that we're going to see that, uh, that the matter of fact by this time was probably even not in circulation. And I find that interesting too that, that, that the very coin that is going to be found is not even one that was most likely even in circulation. But isn't it amazing that God knew exactly where the coin was and that the fish, instead of eating another fish or eating some kind of a bug, that a fish was eating a coin? I don't know about you, but is there anybody here who ever been fishing and put some kind of a metal on the end? Or maybe some kind of coin on the end. That's not what's going to happen. What he is saying is, is that God in the most miraculous of ways that goes against the very nature of science, God will provide a way that we can get out of the sin debt we're in. Folks, science cannot explain how and why a fish would go and eat a coin, whether it was on the bottom of the waters or the, 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 the shoreline or whatever it was, but a fish ate a coin, and you know what? When that coin hit the very bottom or it was floating through the water, I believe God knew that's exactly what Peter was going to need one day. Do you think that God knows exactly what you need right now? Absolutely he does. He knows your debt. Now when I say that, some people think about bank accounts and that, that you owe more money than this person. We're not talking about the debt that we owe financially or physically. We're talking about a spiritual debt. Folks, we all are spiritually in debt to sin. That's where our indebtedness comes to, that we are spiritually in debt but not only did Peter have to listen to the instructions in this 27th verse, he had to actually go down and do something about it. Now, this is also pretty interesting, the fact that their fish was going to eat a coin, that Peter was told to go and catch the fish, and not only was he going to have to, with amazement, look at the fish, he said, you're going to have to take the coin out, and he said, and then it's going to have to be applied to your debt. Go back into the Old Testament. When the blood was called and on a sacrifice, it was called into a basin that, that, that the whole purpose of the blood was being captured and called or contained, we might even say, is for the very fact that it could be applied. Just because it has been provided does not mean it's been applied. Folks, Peter did not have to go down there and catch that fish. But if he was going to get out of the dead he was in, he was going to. You see, for you and I today, if we're ever going to get out of what we're in, we have to take what God provides and apply it to us as individuals. We don't know anything about the others. But we do know this. They probably had to pay the debt too. But we also know that God, even though He provided for them in this particular specific account, God was providing and Christ was providing for Peter what He needed. Folks, today I want to ask you this. Has Christ provided what you need? I'm not talking about the person beside you or people that we are very near unto us in our life or people that are very special to us. I'm asking you a very personal question. Has Christ provided what you need 
to get out of your spiritual debt. And I'm going to tell you this. Folks, He's provided it for you, but there's going to come a time in your life when He's going to speak to you and say, as He said in the 27th verse, Go thou to the sea and cast a hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. Jesus knew the needs that Peter had in his life. You know what I've always been amazed at is that people can come to church and God through His Spirit is convicting their heart. He's showing them their lost condition. Nobody else knows the debt that they are in, but He knows and He's wanting to provide what happens. But here's what I I find this really, really amazing. That's the end of the chapter. The next chapter talks about the greatness and the, the goodness of God and who is the greatest in the kingdom. Do we ever see the results of this particular account? Why do you hear it so often referred to the fact that it did happen? Because we know that if God makes a promise, He's good on that promise, isn't He? If God says, you go down there and catch that fish, you can pay the, the, the money that needs to be paid, we never read that Peter actually did that. What we do know is, is that we believe that if God provided and there was obedience, then we know that the result was he got out of the debt that needed to be paid. Folks, today you need to understand is that if God has promised and that God has provided and made that promise to give you what you need, then all you have to do is trust God, follow after Him, and then God will give you in the most miraculous way these particular things. You know, for many people today, we always want to know what the end result's going to be. God has already told us what the end result is. You're going to get out of the spiritual debt that you're in. What kind of spiritual debt are we in today? The book of Exodus tells you this. I'm going to read you a verse. Exodus 30 and 13 says, This shall they give every one that passeth among them that are numbered, half a shekel and a shekel of the sanctuary, Half shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. I'm glad today to know that through all of our debt that we have, God's going to provide what we need. And notice this 27th verse. Give unto them for me and thee. I don't believe today that God is going to just provide for His Son Jesus and the rest of us are just going to be bystanders without experiencing victory over the grave. That's why the Scriptures teach He's the first fruits of them that slept. He's not the last. He's the first. He's providing. Jesus was victorious over the grave in the death and the hell that we believe that He was victorious. But in doing that, He also is going to pass along unto thee. He says, I will give unto them for me and thee. If Christ left heaven and he came down to this earth, why did he become poor? If you're talking about him him, him redeeming us for the debt by which we're in, why did Christ leave heaven? If you mark 2 Corinthians chapter 8, let me skip down to about the 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and in verse 9. For ye know... The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Folks, today, why did Jesus leave heaven for you? 
Why? Because we're in debt. We are the ones in need. It's not that he was in a, in a, in a situation or a, a place in his life where he needed to be brought out of. You were in a place that you needed to be delivered out of. And you know what place that is? We were sinners. We were sinners bound for hell and we needed Jesus. God said he became poor. By grace are you saved. That's what Paul tells us in Ephesians. But listen to what he said. He said, though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor. Our scripture reading today, Jesus' wealth was in heaven and he left it all behind. You know, a lot of times we want to take things with us or we want it to, uh, to be a part of what we've got. Jesus, we, we see that he left everything that he had behind and he came down to this earth for a reason. So many countries around the world are trying to come up with programs to help the poor. And you know what? I'm not against helping the poor. But folks, let me tell you the worst poverty that we have in our world today. It is a spiritual poverty. It is a, it is a debt that people have spiritually speaking. I believe in feeding the hungry. I want you to understand that. I believe in giving beds to those that don't have a bed. I believe that, that, that we should take care of those that do not have. But folks, more than anything else, people need to hear about Jesus. They need to hear about Him and that, that He is the one that left heaven. He came down to this earth so that we can be set free. That, though, that ye through His poverty might be rich. What kind of debt are we in today? What kind of hole are we in? He says, though his poverty might be rich. You see, there's a lot of spiritual poverty that people are in today. There's a great deal of spiritual debt. And he's talking about how that, that Jesus is the very one that, is, that, that, that was going to provide what we need. But I want to keep reading here. For now through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes, that he became poor... That ye through his poverty might be rich. That ye, ye because of what he came to do, you as an individual might get out. What we're reading about here in Matthew chapter 17 is about one person. Do you believe that God, I often wonder, do you believe and often wonder about this, were there other fish that other people were given instructions on what to do? All I know is, is that God can provide what I need. I don't know what He's providing for you, but I know that God can provide exactly what I stand in need of. No more, no less. God's going to give us just enough of what we need. You know, and our, our nature is, well, God, if you can make a fish swim up here with the coin in there, can you give me just a little extra change so I can have a little bit more for myself? He said, no, I'm going to get you out of the sin debt you're in. Folks, our world today wants more and more and more. Folks, I pray that you've had an experience in your life where you realize that your salvation, you're not going to get anymore. You've got exactly what He wants to give you, but maybe I should word that different. I pray that you are content with what God has done for you. I worry about people today that they're not content or satisfied with what God's done. Folks, God saved my soul and I'm satisfied with that. God give me what I needed. That in an amazing way, he said, you need to go down to the water. He said, you need the very first fish you had. He said, don't, don't try different things out. He said, you try obedience and then you're going to have what you need. But you see today, people will come and say, well, that's not the right fish I want. You know what? I'm not worried about the fish. I'm worried about the debt. 
Oh, but that's not, that's what we want. We want something bigger. We want something that's more of a trophy, folks. The trophy was not in the fish. It was in what the fish had. You see, Jesus has salvation, and He has it for you and for me. The Holy Spirit today has a a great treasure to give to mankind, and that is to get us out of the spiritual debt we are in. Ye through, through His poverty might be rich. Do I believe that that fish could have jumped out of the water and spit out a fish, a coin? Yeah. I mean, if, if, it, if it can happen to Jonah and God can make, a, make a, a whale spit Jonah out upon shore, I believe God could have made the fish jump up or come to the shore and somehow could have coughed up or spit out some kind of a coin. But you know what God wanted? God wants man to have an accountability and responsibility to be willing to listen and obey and do what he tells you to do even when it sounds absolutely not logical whatsoever. Folks, you know, when it comes to seeking the Lord, things don't seem logical. Things don't seem like they make sense. Or why should I do that? I've already done that. Or I I need to go here. I need to go there. Folks, are you just simply going to listen to him? For he talks about, he says, give unto them and, it's give unto them for me and thee. You know, once this money was going to be paid in Matthew chapter 17, there's no doubt of who Jesus is and what he's able to provide for mankind today. What have you experienced in your life? Have you ever experienced that poverty? Only to have Christ to come along and to give you what you stand in need of? Let's go back to Matthew chapter 17, and I'm going to hush here in just a minute. Matthew chapter 17 Skip down, down a little bit. Excuse me, skip down to the end of that chapter, that 27th verse. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. Even though he was exempt from paying this, he was willing to pay it. Do you believe that Jesus was forced to hang on Calvary? Mm-mm. You know why Jesus was crucified, not because he had to be, because he was willing to be. Today, folks, you and I are willing to sacrifice things that maybe are are not painful or maybe there's not a lot of sacrifice. But you see today, Jesus gave up heaven, came down to this earth. And the whole purpose of his time, his 33 and a third years on this earth, was to prove that he was a son of God, that he was coming to redeem man. He died for man. And you know, many were, were discouraged because they thought, Lord, you're, you're, you're fixing to leave us. And he said, wait a minute. He said, it's expedient that I go away. He said, but if I go away, I want to send you another comforter. And that's what Jesus was doing. He was providing what we needed. And he was giving us the promise of the Holy Spirit. And that God was giving us what we need. So that, that God, through the, the Spirit of God, might apply to our sins, our faith, and our belief in Him. That it might be covered in all the things that we've done. So that we might get out of the debt we're in. And that's what the entire last few verses of that 17th chapter about. They said, does your master not have to pay tribute money? And he said, no, he really don't. But he's willing to. This day, there's a spiritual debt that I believe a lot of people are in. But if you really become spiritually poor, I'm afraid a lot of people don't feel like they're spiritually poor because they've got 
fake money or not real money. They, in other words, they think what they have is going to get them out of the debt they're in. What happens when they get there is you, I always marvel how they, they check currency today and see if it's real or if it's not real. You know, there's, you read about it. I've, back in the Old Testament, it talked about how in the book of Ezekiel, I believe it was, how that, 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 that the coins were taken and they were placed in a, in a balance scale and it says, Behold, to kill, to kill. He said, You've been placed in a balance scale and you've been found wanting. You, you know what that means? I'm going to explain this for a second. I'm going to hush in a minute. But you know, a lot of times people would take, you could take a lump of coal and you could spray or you could dip it in gold and make, it, make somebody think it's gold all the way through. It's just gold on the outside, but not all the way through. How you know gold is gold is you weigh it to make sure it's pure and it's real. You see today, how many people have something that's fake? It's coded in religion. Let's just say it like the New Testament said it, the Pharisees. He said, you're worried about the outside of the cup and the inside of the cup's what's dirty. And you see, they would put it in a balance scale. And what happened is, all of a sudden, the scales tipped against them, which is what a judgment is. The scales tipped against them, and then they found out what they had was not real. It looked good on the outside, but there was nothing on the inside. Folks, religion's not going to get you to heaven. Religion is not going to get you out of the debt by which you and I are in. The only thing that's going to get us out of what we're in is to have something real, pure, and genuine. And when it's weighed against the judgment of God, you know what's going to happen? It's going to pass. Not fail, it's going to pass. Do you have something today that's going to pass? Are you going to be placed in the scales or the balance? And you're going to be found wanting. In other words... You didn't have what you needed to get out of the debt you're in. Today, I don't know what's in your heart, but I do know this. What's on the outside is not important. I love what I see on the outside this morning. You're in church. It's a great place to be. you got the Bibles out. You're, you're here. You're going to sing. You're going to read. We do all of these things, but that's the outside. I'm asking you this morning, what's on the inside? What's your spiritual debt this morning? That's the things I felt like I needed to say today. I want us to get a song if we could.